If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? We're back. Back like it never left. And um, if you're watching the audio or watching the video version and listening to the audio version, you're about to get a pleasant surprise and a welcome return. Uh, the one, the only, my brother, my actual brother, uh, Soup, is joining us tonight. He always loves to step in on short notice. I hit him up last minute and said, man, I need somebody to chit-chat with. Can you match my energy? Can you bring a level 11 to me and he says i got a good seven and a half and i was yeah. like fair enough uh, my my 11 your seven and a half we'll make it happen thanks for joining me man as always it's a pleasure uh and i get a little nostalgic every time you're on the other side of the screen from me yeah it's it's good to be on the show for sure um i i don't know man i'm, I'm between 279 and what happened in week one of the nfl I'm a little discombobulated right now. Um, in a, so I didn't tell you this, but in, we're in a survivor pool. Right. 2,200 people in the survivor pool. Yeah. It's down to 500 already. Week one just wiped. Is that the one I was in before? Yeah. I didn't get the invite this year. What, what's that all well, about? Uh, my condolences. Um, it was the last minute that I, I joined on Saturday night. Okay. I wasn't even going to do it. But, yeah, so, the, you know, the Colts going down – and a tie and then Denver losing last year, which is a disaster. The only team that ever, like majority of people picked that won was the Ravens. I was going to say Baltimore for sure. Crazy. Yeah. Did, um, is he going to do a mulligan like he did last year? Yeah, he is doing week one mulligans. So that's, I mean, he'd be crazy not to, cause you're going to get buy back in. Yeah. You're going to get a ton of people that buy back in. It's going to basically double the pot. It's going to push the pot over a hundred grand. So for people who are unaware of what this is, can you break down a survivor pool real quick? Because there's not really a whole lot like that in MMA. So what is that for football speaking? So real simple. Um, you pick a winner each week. Once you pick a winner, you can't pick them again. Um, your team has to win. My right. brother-in-law picked the Colts. The Colts tied with the Texans. Therefore, he got he got he got next. Uh, that was brutal. Uh, I picked Denver, and Geno Smith showed up in WVU Geno Smith fashion. And they beat the Broncos last night, which was brutal. Um, but yeah, so like if I, if Denver would have won, I would have then picked another team for week two, but I can't pick Denver again. The goal is to make it through the entire 17 weeks, 18 weeks of the season now. Uh, make it through the 18 weeks. And he offers like an option after week 18. If there's 10 people and all 10 agree to split the pot, they can do so. If one person, if one person says no, then they go into the playoffs and you have to pick against the spread. Yeah. Um, so that makes it a lot more fun. I do remember when Seattle played New England in the Super Bowl in 2015. There were five people left going into the Super Bowl, and it was just pick a winner. You didn't have to pick a spread at that point. Four of the five said yes. One guy said no. That one guy picked Seattle. The other four picked New England. So the other four ended up making money. That dumbass mm. went Seattle and lost on the Malcolm Butler interception. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that I was think, I think it was it was like one hundred and forty five thousand. They were going to split between five people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th I 
I'm trying to remember my best showing in that. I think I made it to week 11 one year. It's tough. It's it yeah. so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to time when to take the crappy teams. You got to time yeah. your Jets, your Jacksonville, your Cleveland, your yeah. your Falcons. And that's ultimately what ended up doing me in was the Falcons. They get, I, I, get I've made it. I made I've made a pact this year, 2022, 23 season. We'll see no dirty bird action whatsoever. I refuse. I refuse. And they had a nice cover this week. They covered I, against. I will team. not. I will not. You will not talk me into co- playing them next week. I will not do it. I week won't one, do they it. covered against the Saints. Should almost won the game. Lost on a last second field goal. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. All right. This so, last weekend UFC was. Insane. Yeah. So let's talk about last second. Last second changes. Uh, UFC 279 took place this last weekend. Was originally slated to be Hamzat Shamaya versus Nate Diaz. Um, there was some drama going into the week. Drama the week or the the, the day prior with weigh-ins, and then they switched the whole freaking card up, man. Yeah. And everybody got to fight somebody new. Um. So. It was originally slated Kevin Holland versus Daniel Rodriguez, Li Jingliang versus Tony Ferguson, and the aforementioned Nate Diaz versus Hamza uh, Chimaev. Uh, what ended up taking place was Hamza versus Nate. Or no, I'm sorry. Hamza versus Holland. Yes. Nate versus Tony. And Li Jingliang versus Daniel Rodriguez. Now, we'll talk about the fights here in a second. Right, because I want to we'll break down we'll break down the fights, but the conspiracy that this was all planned, the conspiracy that the UFC is fixed. I've, I'm, you know, you being an avid NFL better, you, you know very well that most people believe the NFL is is fixed, and at yeah. any given moment, you you it's easy to believe that it is. There are there are a contingency of people out there that believe that not only is the UFC um giving people favorable matchups but also that there might be some nefarious activity as foot afoot as far as fight fixing goes i've usually and you know me i'm a grand conspiracy theorist kind of guy i've i've reserved that to the realm of older boxing and club level boxing and not have allowed it to exist in the realm of high-end mixed martial arts like the ufc however this weekend, I think I might be a believer. I think one weekend is all that it took to convert me to believing that maybe not every fight in the UFC is fixed, but the ones that matter might very well be. Yeah. I, so I'm trying to put this all together. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm re-watching the D-Rod fight in my head right now. Yes. And I'm just trying to figure out what the fuck they were watching to score the fight the way they did. Yeah. Like, and and what, I also can't fathom, what does the UFC benefit from pushing a D-Rod win? Yeah, I don't. Versus a guy who's been absolutely running through the weight class. That's true. I don't necessarily know that, I don't. So, or was that just bad judging? Is that just that's just the par for the course bad judging in MMA? It could be par for the course bad judging. It may also be, and I, oh gosh, now here we <laughs> go, right, <laughs> go right into the slippery stuff. Um, 
there there is a oh this goes against like everything i i talk about i don't ugh. all right there's a contingency of people that be- believe that um asian folks in in particular are targeted um as far as racism goes uh because by and large they can be more passive um and there's usually a very um there's usually an a a language barrier as well um sort of anti-asian or anti-chinese sentiment um that being said that being said there i would man i'm really tiptoeing here i'm trying real hard to tiptoe i know well, I mean, you lead off by saying that this is that this isn't a belief of yours or mine. Yeah, no, but I'm saying so. Like, I I have, I have witnessed personal personally, like if you go to a Chinese restaurant, you tend to be a little bit shorter with the waitress oh. that than you are if it's Ashley at you know Buffalo Applebee's or Buffalo Wild Wings, right? Yeah. You're not giving them the same pleasantries, Correct. or if you have a service job of any sort and you have Asian customers, y- you can just, you can see it. Like I can, yeah. I don't have, to, I'm not saying like, like, cause I haven't, I haven't had service. I haven't done a service related position in freaking decades, but I'm saying like, you see it. Like I, I, I can see it. Um, I see it, it every day. Right. Every day. Yeah. Cause I mean, and you're uh, well, where you're at, there's a, a growing Asian and Indian, uh, Correct you know, Indian, not Native American, but Indian population. And yes. there is a, there is a contingency of people out there. I don't even want to say a contingency of people. There's just something about it that just, that just rings true that people are just, I would say generally more cut and dry yep. A to B, maybe cold is the word. Maybe yep. it's, it's direct. So there's no personal relationship. There's no, yeah, I, I guess I, right. I, I agree with that. I agree okay. with the statement. So I, th- I think, I think here's, I think here's the deal, right? Is that it, let me put all these pieces together and we'll circle back. I think a week out, um, cause Dana White talks about all the time, what's trending. Like they, they monitor social media, what's trending. They have pre-buys for the UFC. They were doing all kinds of stuff for this one, trying to incentivize people to buy it. And I think a week and a half ago, Dana says, this is trending terribly. This is going to be one of the worst performing pay-per-views of all time. Nobody's going to buy this stupid thing. What can we do? And here's what we're going to do. Nate, you're going to fight Tony. Because you'll it's it's just it's going to sell better. The yeah. demographics have said this is going to sell better. Chemayev and Holland, you guys have already got a little bit of beef. Correct. Kevin Holland openly states all the time, I don't care who I fight. I just want to make money. I don't care. I'm just going to, I just want to make money. And then Daniel Rodriguez and Lee Jing Leong, they say, are you guys going to play along with this or what? Yeah. You guys, you guys going to play along or what? Like you're, you're fringe top 15, both of you. Are you going to play along or what? I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, a, you know, an extra 50 grand or hundred grand or whatever it is, but I need you to play along here. Right now their fight may not have been fixed. It might've just been a, right. Initially they could have just said, you're just going to go along with this. Right. And in the in the background, this is what happens. You go, Chemayev, we need you at 180 pounds. Kevin, you cool with 180? I'm cool with 180. Cool, because we're going to make the fight between you and Rodriguez, because he's stepping in short notice at 180 pounds. So you guys just get to 180. 
Lee, they don't even bother to tell him not to cut the weight. No. They don't they don't even tell him not to cut the weight, right? They probably told him it was going to be at 170 pounds, right? Because what what's he going to say? Right? What's he going to say? Right. So people forget, people forget that the UFC makes you sign agreements that they can use your name and likeness. So that's like the people that are like like UFC superstars, their only sponsors are the sponsors that are associated with the UFC now. Because the UFC, when you sign, they own your name and likeness. That's why you're that's why there's no nobody else making an MMA video game and putting Conor McGregor in it, because they own your name and likeness. So the UFC just goes, nah, man. All your all your shit belongs to me now. So you have these guys sign NDAs, right? And basically say, I'll sue you to the teeth. You'll never fight again as long as you live. Shut your mouth. Take this fight. And this is what we're going to do. So they probably don't even tell Lee, but they tell Chimaev, they tell Holland, they tell Nate, they tell Tony. And this is how we're going to sell it. We're going to sell it with a backstage brawl, but you guys don't hurt each other, right? Get in each other's face, push each other around a little bit throw some water bottles or whatever. And if you watch the video in the embedded, Dana comes out and he goes, it's too dangerous. It's too dangerous to have these guys on stage together. I've seen bigger shouting matches and, and scuffles at high school basketball games, right yeah. or wrong. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, you held a press conference after John Jones and Daniel Cormier head buddied each other and fell through the back prop and we're rolling around on the ground. You still yeah. held press conferences. So I'm not, th- I'm not buying the water bottle and the, the weird little teep kick that Chimaev threw. Yeah. So um, the event plays out, you know, I don't know whether or not the, the, any of the prelim fights care enough to be in the fixed fashion, but reasonably understood that due to the, uh, alleged anti-Asian sentiment. And I, I realize I'm way in the rabbit hole here. Danis tells the judges, give Rodriguez the win. Give Rod- short of, short of Li Jingliang knocking him out, give him the win. Cause that's basically what they did. They just gave him a win. He didn't do anything yeah, to yeah. win the fight. No. Um, and then and it was all, the judges was all, it was all over the board. It was, you know, one judge gave D rod one and three. Mm-hmm. The other one gave him two and three, mm-hmm. and the other one gave Lee one and two. Like yeah. it was so all over the book. It was just, and it was it was clear cut that Lee won the clear first cut. round. Like that was the most clear cut round of all. Yeah, and like, there were two judges that gave that to Rodriguez. Two judges gave Rodriguez the first round, and which it was, was it was like boom, that's it. He's up one nothing. Yeah, yeah. Two, K, three. I'm give. I'm still giving Lee three because he was the aggressor. Yeah. Every every media every media scorecard was um, was twenty nine twenty eight. Yeah. Every media scorecard twenty nine twenty eight. And I I might be salty and biased because it did end up ruining a parlay for me. Sure, um, sure. It ruined closure, a main yeah. parlay for me, which is really frustrating because if he won that fight, I was I mean obviously Chimaev, I threw it in there at a minus five hundred. It wasn't going to lose. There was no. It's way an extra was leg, losing. right? Um, and I was so confident in Nate Diaz beating Tony Ferguson. It was just like, it was one of those, if Lee wins that I'm already counting my money. Yes. Because just, dude, I was, I was pissed. I was so mad. And we we were talking, you, me, uh, a couple other buddies that were watching the fight. We were all talking in a, like a party chat together and it was just 
dead silence mm-hmm. when they announced the, the the decision, and everybody was just like, "Wow, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah." It's it's it, it was illogical, and yeah. it, it, that only makes like again. So like on a prelim fight, getting the judges wrong or getting judging wrong is one thing, but like when it's a main card and it's a and it's a fight like this where things have been shuffled around. And there's there's a lot at play here, right? Like there's a lot at stake in a fight like that. To get the judging that wrong seems very strange. And then we progress into the Chemayev Holland fight, where again, I mean, wh- what is wh- what's the what's the pull here, right? Is that Holland has nothing to lose? No. He's saying after the fight is made, this is a terrible matchup for me. I'm probably yeah. not going to win this fight. I'm just going to go out there and try to hurt him. But meanwhile, before that, before the fight was booked, right, before the fight was booked and they were chirping at each other, he was, Chemayev's not about that life. I'm going to do this to him. I would do that to him, blah, blah, blah. They book the fight after the whole kerfuffle takes place. And then what happens? Oh, yeah, I'm, we're going to go out there and, you know, it's it's going to be – uh you know, it, it's a bad matchup for me, right? It's a bad matchup for me. What's interesting? What's interesting? And I, I give, I give all. Look, man, some of this is, some of this is of my own doing. Some of it is not. There is, there. I've, I've talked about this guy before. There's a dude on Twitter that is very adamant that most professional sports are, are fixed, and he posted a picture. Darren Till, Darren Till took a picture of Chimaev on the phone at a restaurant, right? A couple days prior okay. and the caption was just the money bags that's it. it was just the money bag emojis and this dude was like confirmation and i asked him i i tweeted him i said does it are you, am i to believe that you now believe that nate diaz is going to win and he replied back and he said absolutely and i thought that's very strange and then three days later all the fights get switched up and now nate diaz has a favorable matchup Chemayev has a favorable matchup. Not that he didn't before, but now he's got. So it, it it's like, who was on the other end of the phone? What were they talking about? Then the, the you have the the weight cut stories don't line up. Chemayev saying the doctors told him to stop cutting weight. His manager goes on Ariel Helwani's show and says, "No, he, there's no doctor. I told him to stop cutting weight." He was telling him that he was passing out. The, the 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 coach was saying, "No, he wasn't. I just he just wasn't going well." Like yeah. everything conflicts, right? Yeah. So then, so you have all you have the whole Chimay of Holland thing goes down. Then we get Nate versus Tony, right? Dana White is not like Tony Ferguson for years. Yeah, Dana White doesn't like Nate Diaz. He doesn't like Nate, but here's the thing: but Tony's yeah, he doesn't like Tony. But there is a there is a there is there is a bit of debt that is owed in equity and blood th- for the Diaz brothers. Yeah. There is, there is a bit here. And yes. realistically, the Diaz brothers being popular is better for the UFC brand than Tony Ferguson being popular. Tony oh Ferguson won 13 fights in a row and people barely outside of hardcores even knew who he was. Right. But the Diaz brothers for better or for worse, pull in every casual on the planet earth. Exactly. Cause people either want people either love them or hate them. Right. There's no in between with the Diaz brothers. Right. You love them or you hate you. You tune in to see him win, or you tune in to see Nate Diaz bleed. Yeah. So, um, so Nate Diaz fighting in a main event at his what is probably most likely his last fight in the UFC, and then you're going to send him off in a win. Is there anything 
else that you could imagine that would make him trend more on social media, that would do more buys, that would do more clicks than that? No, there's nothing that you could have done. Like with that card, with those people, there's nothing that you could have had short of Chamaya parachuting into the octagon or some <laughs> crate. Like there's just nothing yeah. that you could have done that would have made that event trend more than what happened. They come out, they fight. Tony is fighting illogically. He's fighting unlike any Tony Ferguson we've ever seen fight before, yeah. ever, ever. We've never seen him fight like that before. Constantly spinning and not really engaging in the punches, really just staying back away from Nate. Nate doing very much the same thing. They really don't seem to want to fight each other. Neither one of them are what I would classify as being in fight shape. And then there are moments where they turn it on a little bit, but Tony's generally pretty well protecting himself the entire time. The fourth round comes along and you hear Tony's coach yell from the side, take him down. Tony shoots forward very sloppily and and takes him down. Like on cue, take him down. He goes down, right? Tells him when to take him down. If you watch, and I I can't put the clip up because the the video will get pulled after the fact, but I encourage everybody to go back and watch. If you go back to the part where Tony takes Nate down, there initially rocks back, right? Then he leans up and then he puts his face in the crook of Tony's neck, puts the arm over, and then just leans back yeah. and then grabs his hand. Charles Oliveira nearly snapped Tony Ferguson's arm off. Mm-hmm. Benil Dariush almost ripped Tony's leg off. Justin Gaethje beat him with an inch of within an inch of his life, and Tony Ferguson did not tap a little ten, a little ten finger guillotine grip, you know, palm to palm type shit, and he taps. I mean, yeah, dude, immediately, wildly fast. Immediately he taps. He doesn't fight it at all. And then when when did he tap? With two oh nine left in the fourth oh, yeah. round. Yeah, two oh nine. Come on, bro. Come on. Come on. People say, well, the universe doesn't make mistakes. Well, neither does write, when you write a movie script. It's easy yeah. to... Now, I mean, they may have gotten the time. The, the time may or may not have anything to contribute to that. But, dude, Tony Ferguson, without even attempting a takedown, says, "Get take him down. Takes him down immediately. Nate puts his face up to his ear, and then all of a sudden he leans back gently into the quietest little, little guillotine your heart could ever desire and taps him within moments. And then they get up and they're hugging and happy. And then Tony in the press conference is like, hey, it is what it is, man. And Nate's all mm. laughing and giddy. I don't know, man. That seemed pretty damn fixed to me. It yeah. seemed really fixed. Yeah. And then um, the post-fight interview with Nate Diaz, um, when he comes out and, you know, Joe Rogan's interviewing him. And Nate, yeah. Nate goes, he goes, you know, it's been a, a love-hate relationship between me and this fucking organization for years. And Joe snaps his head straight at Dana White. Mm-hmm. Straight at him. Like, yeah. it was like, okay, like, we, you can't control him. Even if you fix a fight for him, you can't yeah. control him. Right. Um, yeah. But – and. So those three fights, I don't want to take away from what happened on the first two fights of the main event. Yeah. Of the over the main card. Yeah. Um, whoever had Johnny Walker by first round sub, raise your hand because you're a super genius. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was insane. There were some listen, there were some people that had Johnny Walker sub tickets out there. I saw right. I, I saw him rolling around on Twitter, and then I believe um 
Clint from Die Hard MMA actually had suggested a Johnny Walker sub play there, which I, I hats yeah. off to him. So yeah, that was wild. That was and, wild. And then the the the, the up kick liver shot was just yeah. brutal, dude. Yeah. That was what a fight that was. I mean, that was unbelievable. Yeah. Just they were banging the entire fight, and then a brutal brutal up kick to the liver yeah that was very strange uh third round tko via up kick to the liver is not a sentence that i ever thought would come out of uh the mma world but it did that being said kutalaba is dead to me as far as betting goes i can't yeah. i can't i can't bet him anymore yeah he's too hit and miss man yeah, he's crazy. way he's way too hit and miss um anything else happened on that card that was cool oh Jal- yeah jelton almeida is a monster the uh, heavyweight fight oh fucking Jake Collier, Chris Barnett, dude, dude. Chris Barnett looking like he had a stroke for a round and a half. Yeah, what was that? Nerve yeah. damage, I think. Yeah, had to be. yeah, we thought broken jaw. Yeah, um, that eye was. I thought that eye was completely shut, mm-hmm. but then I realized Chris Barnett's face is just so fat; mm-hmm. his eyes barely open anyway. Portly, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the whole droopy side of the face had to be nerve damage, and just that—that that was. So fun to watch from start to finish, man. That was great. Was great. Has there, in the top off the top of your head, anybody fumbled the bag more than Jake Collier? I mean, in no. I mean, that was no. Just, buddy, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, oh man, I I don't I don't I, th- I think that was the largest. I'm trying to remember the stat I saw. I think it was like the largest heavyweight favorite to lose. Like in UFC history, like there's never been a, a heavyweight fate, like a heavyweight favorite of a higher disparity that's lost. The well, fight. He closed it, what minus it was like minus four ninety five. Um, I think is what he closed that, and I think throughout two, the week though, didn't he kiss like minus one or minus six hundred throughout yeah, the week? I mean, he was he huge. Um, and then I don't, you know, last episode I was on when we talked Tai Tuivasa, yeah. Um, and we said that there's not a heavyweight in the world yeah. that's not named Francis Ngannou that needs to be a minus 450 favorite. And yeah, yeah, that was dude. That was so, so much fun. Um, in relation to the sports world being fixed, mm-hmm. um, Netflix has the Untold series. Mm-hmm. They did an Untold on Tim Donahue, oh, the yeah. NBA ref that was betting and rigging games. Yeah. Um, they have him and his – they also interview who he hasn't been in contact with since this happened, his mafia relations, uh-huh. and him denying the fact that he rigged games. But then these dudes are straight up like, Timmy told me hey, that yeah. he can turn any game in six points either way. Timmy is the best rigger and the best whistleblower ever. And it's like, dude, it's so good. It's such a – it's like an hour and 20 minutes – if you're into sports betting and you're also into conspiracy theories, I highly suggest watching it. It's great. It's a great watch. Yeah, there was something. Another one that I liked too was that um, blue and yellow was the colors of, of the last year. So um, that you could have – it's basically like saying like everything sports related this last year, you could have picked the winners if you would have went with blue and yellow. And Ukraine – the Ukrainian conflict was the the tip off for that mm. because that was like every, like they, they're dry. Like the, the media machine is mm. pushing 
all every, you know, there's always an agenda being pushed and you know, it's easier to, well, you've watched like magician specials where they're trying to like yeah. subliminally push people towards stuff all day long, everything like that. And blue and yellow is, is are like whatever the colors for this year's operation, if you will. So, okay. yeah. So you had like Ukraine, you had the Rams, you had Golden, Golden State. State. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and th- there was like three other ones too, where it was like, it's very easy to pick because it's all just blue and yellow. So it, whoever the blue and yellow team is, that's who is going to win this year. Yeah. So, um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what, uh, the next, the next thing that pops up, whether it be election or false flag or something that, that has colors associated with it, I'm going to be very paying very close attention. So <laughs> if I get a bunch of teal and bright orange, bro, I'm hammering dolphins futures. <laughs> you can't tell me shit. Oh man. All right. So let's get into, let's get into this week. Boy, we took a, we took a long road to get here. Uh, UFC, UFC Vegas 60 takes place this weekend uh, at the apex headlined by Corey Sandhagen versus Yudong song. That's a banger of a fight, but we got a six fight main card. We're going to run through these pretty quick. And then we got a couple prelims that we're going to touch on and, and we'll go ahead and get out of here. So first fight on the main card, Anthony Hernandez versus Mark Andre Barrio. Uh, this is, I did not make a, a, a scroller for this one, but doesn't matter all, all the same. Uh, Anthony Hernandez at a minus 170, taking on Mark Andre Barrio at a plus 145. Uh, Fluffy's having a little bit of a run, man. People, he's he's really kind of feeling himself lately. Uh, and he's taken on, you know, the Canadian powerhouse that is Mark Andre Barrio, who realistically, man, is, is pretty hit and miss if, if we're being honest. Power bar is either I'm going to knock you out and I'm going to do so quickly or I'm getting slept. Uh, and he's coming off a pretty decisive, very fast um, loss his last time out. I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken, he got finished extremely quickly his last time out. And he's going up against Fluffy Hernandez, who, like I said, is feeling himself uh, ever since the Hadolfo Vieira win. Um, my man seems untouchable, right? So how do you see this fight shaking out? Is there any anything that you see on the, uh, on, on the, the cards that you like here for this fight? So my thing with this is they don't have um, for these, you know, the lower cards or the lower fights on the card. They don't have like the finishing props yet. Um, but I would like to look at Anthony Hernandez by sub. Ah, I got you. I, let me correct something real quick before we go any farther than that. I forgot that Barrio fought Jordan Wright and beat Jordan Wright. I'm thinking okay. of when he got knocked out by Chidi and Jikawani, who we're going to talk about later on. So okay. uh, Jordan, uh, Barrio did win his last fight. Anyway, sorry. But yeah, I, I would like to look at Anthony Hernandez by sub. I do think he gets him out of there, and I think that's um, that's a method of victory for him. I think two fights ago he won by sub. Mm-hmm. Uh, his last fight, eight takedowns, three sub attempts. Um, I definitely think that's going to be there for him. Hernandez by let's see. Oh yeah, if you can find that, that'd be great. Yeah. Let me see. Hernandez by submission plus three hundred. Plus three hundred. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I'll, I'll get on board with that. I think he's going to win the fight. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm approaching this with a pretty high confidence level on a minus 170. I think. I think he's got a uh, far more than a puncher's chance to win this. I think he's he's very good at fighting guys that are probably physically stronger than him, 
and making them work and then implementing his own game plan in splashes throughout and then finding ways to, to get it done. So, uh, I mean, if, if we're looking at his last fight, I, I, I think pretty sure the Josh Frem fight, Frem stepped in last minute, but the, he had the win over Vieira. And then, you know, that I take the, I take the loss to Kevin Holland with a little, with a little bit of grain of salt. Cause it was just, it was a knee, right? It's just a knee to yeah. deliver who's fighting through that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you know, quality wins, dude. He got, he, he has that win over Brendan Allen, um, who, who's a stud and has that win over, you know, BJJ champ. Adolfo Vieira. So I'm going to take Fluffy Hernandez here. I think the, I think the sub play is a pretty decent one at plus 300. Um, if you just want to go inside the distance, um, it's at plus 200. Okay. So you're only giving up a little bit of money and you're giving him the option of using his hands as well. So, yeah. What, what always concerns me about sub plays, and this is just, I like the plus 300 is like somebody grapevining a leg and like sort of grabbing the backside wrist, yeah, going for the sub, but finding themselves in an advantageous position. And then they just start laying, you know, just yeah. I can't really defend myself. And they're maybe not even knocking you out, but like you're not getting out of this position because your leg's grapevined and I've got, you know, far side wrist. That stuff happens more often than I think people realize. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what was the, the hell? There was a fight this last weekend where it wasn't even like the guy was in particularly in bad shape. He just could not, just couldn't change position. Um, shit. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of the Collier fight. It wasn't even like Barnett was doing much. He was just on top of him, kind of wailing away at him, and Collier just kind of had his hands up, just blocking himself. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I can't what remember. Was, um, there was a fight that Beltran stopped, and I thought he stopped it awfully early. And it was the fight that he deducted the point. Oh yeah. Um, oh, what was that? Because oh, I texted you and I said, "Boy, Beltran fucked this entire fight up." Yeah, it was the Tulian, the Tulelian yeah. fight or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. That's yeah the the two inadvertent groin shots. One not even being a groin shot right at the belt line. Second one not intentional at all. And then the stoppage, I did not think needed to be stopped. He's told him to defend that's the himself. One, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah that's he's, exactly he's, that's he's the fight. Clearly defending himself. Yep. Um, and none of the shots were landing, but yep. Beltran just stepped in and waved it off. And I was like, yeah. okay, yeah, I guess. R- rough night for Mike. He's pretty hit and miss. I mean, yeah, I, I I I enjoy him a great deal. He, I mean, he he's also very active online and will answer questions and stuff like that. But he he can be hit and miss sometimes. Yeah, I mean. They all can. I mean, it's 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 very hard to be a, a perfect ref. Oh my goodness, yeah. Uh, very, di- very difficult. Um, Everything you do is in the spotlight. No matter what you do, you're scrutinized. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Um, all right. Tanner Boser taking on Rodrigo Nascimento. Nascimento at eight and one. Tanner Boser at twenty and eight. Uh, let's see here. I do have odds for this one. I believe, yeah. Cool. Boaster's at a minus 160. Nascimento at a plus 140. Over on our rounds is at one and a half. Um, not to bury the lead, but I think we're both kind of leaning Boser here, even though he does have to worry about the power coming back on the other end from Nascimento. I'm worried that Tanner is a little bit too brawl prone to go in mm-hmm. there with a guy with the kickboxing credentials of Nascimento, which you'll hear plenty about. Uh he he can't get into a wild, crazy swinging brawl here. He's got a oddly enough for for a bruiser, um, 
or the bulldozer. Be tactical. <laughs> yeah, he's got to be tactical. That's a that's a great way to put it. He's got to be discerning. He's got to pick his shots. He's got to stretch this passed around, I believe. Get yeah. this outside of the first round and then kind of pick up the pace incrementally as the fight goes on. How do you see this one playing out? But I do. I do. I, I like Boser here, and I like for a heavyweight, for mm-hmm. a big guy, he's got pretty quick hands, mm-hmm. um, and he moves well on his feet. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have good movement throughout the octagon, and I think that'll play into his favor, just like you said, getting out of the first round, being tactical, uh, taking his shots when they're there, and then uh, in the second round going at him. Um, but, yeah, I just at a minus 160 here. So you look at Nascimento, and you know he obviously had the USADA violation. It wasn't steroids, um, mental steroids, maybe. I mean, he was taking Ritalin, right? Um, for somebody that took that as a child, uh, I do know <laughs> the effects it has on you, right? Um, but I mean, it's an ADHD med, uh, so I don't know. I don't. But it's a, it's a long layoff since his last fight. So I just, yeah, I, I do like Boser here to minus 160. I think those are good odds um, on a heavyweight fight. I think the other thing, too, of note is not that even that he couldn't take Ritalin. It just wasn't disclosed. Correct. And, and that was yeah, the thing. It's it not like wasn't. it's an illegal drug right. for him to take. He just didn't right. disclose that he was taking it. Exactly. And that that's where he got into an issue. It wasn't even – there was no performance enhancement taking place whatsoever. It was just a non-disclosed Correct. Um, medication. So – I think bows are here at a minus 160 within reason. Again, I want to caution people on stuff where I say I'm super confident in it because this is people playing punch face. And these are big boys. Each one of these guys are going to weigh in in excess of 235 to 245 Mm -hmm. pounds. They're going to get out there and try to punch each other in the face. Anything can happen. And Nascimento has a very long, extensive kickboxing record. And Bozer has a wealth of experience, um, you know, in, in, in all forms of combat. So just within reason um don't back up the brinks truck for this one but i feel confident in a bozer play here and i like him outside of the first round so like even if we're going by rounds play i don't think nascimento has the cardio to go a full 15 um because he throws he just throws too hard yeah. I, I think if he's measured he could but like i i think that bozer in round two at plus 600 it is worth consideration and Bozer in round three at plus 800 are worth just, you know. My only cool. fear with heavyweights is regardless of their cardio and stamina, round three is a nightmare. If, if it's not an elite level heavyweight, man, I mean, Bozer could be just dead. It could be. Absolutely could be. dead. Um, so that's my my big fear with taking round three finishes by heavyweights. When it gets to that point, it almost seems like both guys are like, all right, let's just get through these five minutes. Let's go to the cards and let's see what happens. I mean, everything's just so labored and slow. And right. I don't know. I yeah. might do I might do Bozer in a small sprinkle in round two. Okay. Just a, a plus six, just the smallest quarter unit sort of splash, you know, just throw it in there just to see what. Just to see, just a tip, just for a second, just to yeah. see how it feels. Alan Emadovsky at eight and three, taking on Joseph Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer at nine and two. Um, biggest favorite on the main card, my man, Joe yeah, Pfeiffer my, here. Minus 400 something. Yeah, minus 425. Emadovsky at a plus 340. Over under on rounds here is at one and a half. Not very often, Soup, do you see a Russian 
one, be an underdog. Um, I, I say Russian, and I know full well he's not looking at his flag. I'm trying to figure out where this is at. Um, Macedonia, sorry. Let me mm. let me so throw this all out the window. Um, <laughs> doesn't matter at this point. Yeah, Joe Pfeiffer, with good reason. If you're looking at if you're looking at Emadovsky, oh and three since coming over to the UFC from Bellator, losses to Christoph Yako, lost to John Phillips, and lost to Joseph Holmes. Again, lost three fights in a row, his last one being to Joseph Holmes, and he is still on the roster. Um, I am normally one to fade contender series folks at coming off of the contender series. Uh, and Joe Pfeiffer fits that, you know, fits that description. However, if he can't beat a guy like Alan Amadovsky, he's got no business being in the UFC. And one thing to note, too, is in addition to the big old, you know, minus next to his name. Way better nickname. Way better nickname. You know what you know what Joey Pfeiffer's nickname no, is? No, I don't. What is it? Body bags. <laughs> with, that's like body bags is like oh, that's like one of those generated ones like when you played Fight Night mm-hmm. 15 years ago. Like yeah. you pick your nickname. Body bags was one of them, I think. Body bags and he put the Z on it. Joseph Body Bags Pfeiffer. Uh, I like there are Pfeiffer. Some, there's some really good nicknames on this main card. Um, yeah. The next two fights, there are two nicknames that I really like. Yeah. But, and Pfeiffer's a PA boy. So I feel like we got to pull for him a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think he gets an, I think he knocks him out. What do you, you want to take Pfeiffer by KO here? Or what do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's got to bring the odds down a little bit. It's still going to be minus, I would assume. If the Plus 100. So what I'm confused, I'm trying to trying to figure out the math here. Yeah, there's a trap. So there's a trap in play. He's a minus four twenty-five. Correct. The over/under is at one and a half. So they're Correct. they're predicting a finish. Correct. And you're giving me the minus four twenty-five favorite to finish in probably the only fashion that he's gonna finish him mm. in a plus one hundred. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Pfeiffer by sub is plus 275. So Pfeiffer by finish would probably be like a minus 180 or something like that. Minus 220, yep. Okay, close. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. God, it's kind of – Knockout. He's going to knock him out. Yeah, I mean – he's a, This guy got knocked out by Joseph Holmes and knocked out by John Phillips. It's a knockout. He's okay. going to knock him out. Yeah, he's knocking him out. He's, he's Pfeiffer by <laughs> Yeah, he's knocking him out. We don't well, overthink this one. This, no. this is we're going to take our plus money and we're going to run away as fast yeah, as we yeah, can. Yeah. All right. Andre Feely, Andre Touchy Feely, taking oh. on Bill Senor Perfecto Algio. <laughs> uh, Twenty-one and nine for Feely. Sixteen and six for Algio. Uh, and Feely is the slight favorite here, Sue. Yeah. Give me now minus one twenty for Andre Feely Algio. Um, Basically, even money over on rounds is at two and a half. And I believe we're both unanimously on Senor Perfecto, are we not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, understanding <laughs> it's been a long ride. It's been great. You know, the last 10 years of you not breaking the top 15 and just being there right on the fringe and getting there and having to win your next fight to get in. It, this is just repeat over repeat. He's right there. He wins this. He's top 15. Not happening. Yeah. It, no, there's no way. What is one one of his last fifth one of his last five fights? It's 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 not great. Right. You know what I was really hoping with whenever uh 
because it was supposed to be Sadiq Yusuf and um, Giga Chikadze on the for the yeah. co-main here. I was really and when Giga withdrew, I was honestly hoping they would shuffle uh, Andre Feely back up and have him fight Sadiq Yusuf because that was one of the biggest robberies we had a couple years ago. Andre Feely, in my opinion, beat Sadiq Yusuf and on the on that um yes on the McGregor Cowboy card. I, I thought he, he won handedly and it was unanimous for Sadiq. So I, I was looking forward to the idea of running that back. But yes, to your point, um, he has won he is one in four in his last five. Yep. Um, so or no, you know what? I take that back. Uh, yeah, he, 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 no, no. He won one of his last five fights. He's one in four, I believe. No, so he he lost to Yo Anderson Brito, lost to Bryce Mitchell, beat Charles Jordan, mm, got lost, his ass beat by Bryce Mitchell. Yeah, lost to Sadiq Youssef, so that puts him at one and three. One and three. Yeah, and then he beat Shaman Marais and Miles yeah, Jury. Okay. So right. Right. Um, close enough. Yeah, I mean, if you look, listen, if it take away the Gato Fredo uh, Fredo Pepe loss. He's only losing to like really good guys, Yair Rodriguez, Calvin Cater, yeah. Michael Johnson, Sadiq Youssef, Bryce Mitchell. Like he loses to really good dudes. And uh Senior Perfecto, in my opinion, is very he's a good. Really good dude. He's a really good dude. We've we, listen, we literally had <laughs> Bill Algio's uh doppelganger and Julian Arosa fight and win last weekend. The momentum just moves forward. Um, yeah, he just ta- he just takes the uh Julian Arosa just basically is gonna switch on to his next suit and he's going to put on the bill algio skin and he's going to come in there and he's going to get the w over andre feely yeah andre feely i mean he has to take this to the ground if it stays standing he's toast i think taking it to the ground is a nightmare i think that's a terrible strategy i think but, that's a terrible dude, strategy dude, if he stay if he stands he's, he's just toast he's getting he's getting finished he's toast everywhere he's yeah. toast everywhere the only thing i think he has over algio is power that's it i think he probably I think he has a little bit more pop in him that's it. I, yeah, I, I mean, so Algio's two losses in the UFC, Ricardo Ramos, and mm-hmm. who else did he fight? Um, oh, Ricardo Ramos. Yeah, so, all right, so, yeah, he's only yeah. lost to dude's name, Ricardo. Yeah, that's and, good. In both times, if I recall correctly, he got he got wrestle fucked to death. Yes. I mean, just drugged down and just, yeah. Yeah, dude, yes. Senior Perfecto, 100%. Another plus 100 winner here. But Perfecto has more wins by submission than he does KO. So just keep that in mind. I I, I just don't – I think that – I don't I don't associate – this is where Trey would be like, oh, you're team alpha male. I don't associate Andre <laughs> Feely with high wrestling acumen. So I feel like if he tries to take the fight to the ground, feeling like he's going to pull that team alpha male string, I, I, I just think – I think Perfecto by sub – uh, is a very real play. Yeah, but then you're looking at a sub from the back. What I'm saying Perhaps, is, yeah. what, what I'm saying is Andre Feely taking him to the ground and just controlling the fight on the ground uh, would be yeah. his method to victory. Which I, I just I don't ever. He's got to win that. by control time. Yeah, yeah. I just ugh, no way. Mm. No. All right. Let me ask you this: Do you think this fight ends inside the distance at all? Are we looking at a decision here? Over on rounds is at two and a half, and you said the over two and a half is like minus two something. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah, so. I I would probably side with this going to a decision. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, man. Uh, let's do co-main event of the evening: Chidi and Jakawani at twenty-two and seven take on Gregory Robocop Rodriguez at twelve and four. Pretty much a pick 'em. We'll just call it a pick 'em. Yeah. 
Um, two more nicknames I love. Yeah. Chitty Bang Bang. Chitty Bang Bang and Jaquani and <laughs> Robocop Rodriguez. Um, Rodriguez had a little bit of a run here. Um, he's putting he's putting together some quality wins. World champion jiu-jitsu grappler, but really good hands as well. Um, for my liking stylistically, going up against a very seasoned former world champion kickboxer, this might be the test as far as his hands are concerned, whether or not they're as good as he thinks they are. Uh, and he's very stiff, very rigid, doesn't move his head off the center line very well, which feels like it should be a feast for Chitty and Jaquani. Now, my problem with the Njikawani brothers has always been is they're very wispy, right? They're very spidery, like they're, they're long, thin, rangy. They are not built for power. They're built for speed and accuracy. And if they're met with power and a great power like Rodriguez, um, things can get dicey in a hurry. So they've got to use the speed, range, and accuracy to, to thwart what is the bruising power of a guy like Rodriguez. Can Chitty Njikawani get that done? I I don't know, but I feel like he's going to have to start by firing front kicks up the middle early and often and using that lead and rear leg almost like a jab. He's got to keep Rodriguez at bay. He's got to dig into the body when he can, and he's got to avoid that takedown. As yeah. much as Rodriguez likes his hands, I'm hoping that he's not dumb enough to think he's that standing with Chitty is the is the way to do this. He should immediately try to get this to the ground and try to get a sub. And then if he can't, Njikawani should then pepper the body, put it on him, keep him at range after uh, thwarting the, the, the takedown and submission attempts of Gregory Rodriguez. Now, before I let you have this, we have to talk about what is most likely to happen versus what we think could happen. And that's something to that that's something to keep in mind with a fight like this. Looking at these two guys, what is the most likely outcome? An early finish. An early finish. But what do I think's gonna happen? I like the over one and a half. <laughs> really? I do. I do, okay. man. Okay. Um, like like you said, I, I Rodriguez, I think his method of victory here is getting into the clinch and getting a takedown. Um, and I think bang like just like you said, bang bang's his way to win the fight is keep the distance and keep him away. Um, and I it's one of those you like this fight should end in the first round. Mm -hmm. It's just it has the feeling of one of those fights that's going to be stretched out and it's going to I, I don't know. I just have a feeling that the over one and a half. I do like that here. I don't I, I don't necessarily like either fighter more than okay. the other. That was going to be my next question. Do you have a particular lean? No, I don't. Okay. Hmm. See, I'm on the under one and a half. You're on the over. That's our first that's our first divergence hmm. in the wood here is is that one. And okay, so you know, gun to the head. If I had to pick a fighter, I think I'd, I think I'd pick Chitty, and I think that you would pick Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, gun to my <laughs> head. I think I would. Yeah, yep, yeah. I, th I think, I, th I think I would. All right, so let's let. Um, I. Th uh, we've talked about the other fights on here, so I feel like we're, you and I are pretty much aligned on most of these other ones. So let's people let's people's main event this one. Yeah. So well, I think it should be. I mean, it, it, it has all the makings to be an absolute just fight of the night. Yeah. So I'll go Rodriguez in the under, and you're on Chitty in and the, the over. over. Yeah. Okay. I like it. 
I like it. And that over over and around the one and a half over one and a half is at minus one forty. Mm-hmm. Under you can get it plus money plus one ten. Uh, so you're taking two dogs. I'm taking the two favorites. Yeah. All right. That's that's about par for the course. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. All right. Let's go with the let's go with the main event of the evening, and then we'll run through these the couple prelim spots that we have picked out. Corey Sandhagen taking on Yadong Song this Saturday night is your main event. Corey Sandhagen is at 14 and four. Yudong Song is at 19, six and one. A wealth of experience for one of the youngest fighters on the roster. Corey Sandhagen minus 190. Song at a plus 160. Over and around is at four and a half. And I've waffled on this fight for weeks now. Um, part of me believes that, yeah, you, and they're again, science out the window. Corey Sandhagen's due to get finished. He's taken, he's been in too. Listen, hold on. He's been in too many wars. He gets hit too much. He's not as flowy, elusive, in the wind, um, you know, a voice from the Moors as he used to be. There's some things going on now. Uh, he's also, you know, engaged with a new dog and happy people tend to get knocked out. Oh, we're going to bring the dog into it. Happy people get knocked out, man. Happy people get knocked out. Song Yudong is chilling in the gym, hanging out with dudes all day long, just thinking about ways to become world champion. Corey Sandhagen's hiking in Colorado, running with his dog, getting his wiener wet, living his best life. Not the not the case with my man uh, Yudong Song. He's he's living it up. He's that bastard life. He's li- he's living like a Spartan warrior. He just he just eats, trains, thinks about eating, thinks about training. I mean, and he's that young. could be the most educated breakdown I've ever heard you give. <laughs> I I am known for my educated <laughs> breakdowns. What are you talking about? Listen, as much as I love Yudong. There's just <laughs> pause. <laughs> it's um, it's just something about the bantamweight gatekeeper and Corey Sanhagen. There's something yeah. about him, and I know it's been a long time since we. How many years has it been since he won? Who was when Sanhagen's last win? 2021 when he knocked out Frankie Edgar. Okay, Frankie Edgar before yeah. that. T- lost to Killershaw, lost what he lost Peter Yon. Yeah, so and Aljo. So he lost to Aljo in 2020. Correct. And then he uh he fought three times in 2021. He beat Frankie Edgar. And then yeah, and he and lost then, to Yon. And he, and lo- he lost to yeah, TJ and, and Yon. Yep. All right. Mm. And keep in mind the TJ and the Yon fights were wars. Oh, I know. They were absolute wars, and it's been a year since we've seen them fight. It's been almost a year. The yawn fight was in October of last year. Absolute wars with two of the best. 100%. I cannot argue that. Under four and a half? I mean, if if you're going under four and a half, I, I don't... It has uh, to be your dong. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, he's yeah. only he's only been finished one time in his career, and that was right. back. Um, hell, when was that? It was pre UFC. I mean, yeah. let me, hold on, let me pull up Tapology. Let me go back and see when it was. That was back in 2016, so six years ago. Yeah. What's that, mm, I don't know. 
So what scares me about Song Yudong is, and it's not that he's he's going to sleep on Corey Sanhagen the way that he did with Kyler Phillips, right? That yeah. was just he came in there fully expecting to walk through Kyler Phillips Correct. and got met with a different level of energy. Yes. Um. Man. Yeah. I. All right. I dude, you could talk me either way on this fight. You know what though? I don't think under four and a half. I, I think. I mean. You, you could make the argument that Corey can win an under four and a half because we've never yep. seen five round song. We've yeah, never we seen him. And, and Sandhagen has been Mr. Five round for a while now. They've been booking him for main events for a long time. So he, I mean, he's got, and he's training at altitude and everything else, you know, team elevation. I mean, the dude, he's, he's, I mean, he's Mr. Five rounds. So, I mean, if you, if you've got three rounds of muscle bound song, you coming at him like a whirlwind, um, you know, rounds four and five can look pretty different. I mean, I, I think under four and a half. I what? So What's here's the, the odds on the under. Under four and a half, you're at plus money, plus one forty. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Why not take that and hope for violence, and, yeah. and 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 hope for a great violent fight as opposed to watching it and hoping that nothing happens, right? Like, just, Oh, please. Let's just everybody, everybody have a good time. You know what I mean? Like, let's, I'd take the under four and a half and just hope for violence. Then I don't care who wins. I just want to see somebody. I just want to see somebody get finished. Yeah. UFC is the one sport where betting the under is fun. Um, every other sport you bet the under, it's not to mention the fact that we have to, we have to, it goes, it's worth mentioning that the UFC hates Chinese fighters and, (laughs) And here we are, full circle. And here we are, full circle. I'm bringing it back. The UFC hates Chinese fighters. So, uh, I thought we got away from that. No, no, no. Zhang Wei Li, yeah. Li Jing Liang. The only ones they, the only ones they let win are Mongolians because I don't think Dana White owns a map. The Mongolians stay winning, you know. Uh, goddamn Mongolians knocking down my shea wall, dude. Suma Darji, Arichi Lang, uh, Haley Alatang, dude. The Mongolians are on a roll. Shavkat Rachmanov, even though he's from uh, Kazakhstan, but again, I mean, you gonna you gonna take you gonna take Shavkat you gonna take Shavkat to Texas and try to tell somebody he's not Chinese. Come on, man. <laughs> Shavkat's the only Chinese person they let win. I'm full-blown conspiracy now. We're, we're all the way through. And then Song Yudong's not doing himself any favors. He's calling himself the Kung Fu Monkey. There's no way they're letting, no way they're letting him win. There's no way they're letting the guy who goes by the Kung Fu Monkey win. Unless it's unless it's unless it's reparations for let for screwing over Li Jingliang, which I doubt it is. All right, so have there ever been a card with in the top three fights six better nicknames? No, probably not. I'd have to go back through and look. Dude, it's got to be the so, Kung Monkey, the Sandman, Man, uh, Robocop, Robocop, Bang Bang, Touchy Feely. I mean, touchy Feely, yeah. 
Yeah. And then um Senior Perfecto. Senior Perfecto. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. And then right below that, you have body bags too. I mean, yeah. you can't sleep on body bags. Can't sleep on body bags. That's such a good nickname. All right. Uh, a couple prelim spots that I like. We're just gonna run through these real quick. Um I want to I just I'm gonna say these outline and then there's some that I want to break down a little bit. But Nicholas Mata, Cameron Van Camp. Van Camp is not good. Nicholas Mata is decent. Um, Nicholas Mata is is a great play there. Tony Gravely is a consistent underdog winner for us. He's like the Sajara Eubanks of dudes. Um, taking on undefeated Javrat Basharat, but Basharat is old as shit. And while he's flashy, um, Gravely um, should be able to get that one done. And then Daniel Zellhuber is a minus 280. Uh, favorite over Trey Ogden, who, in my opinion, Ogden has no business being in the UFC. Zell Huber, much like Nazrat a few weeks ago, is is a free money play. Uh, Zell Huber is a free money play. I like him and Mata parlay yeah. together. And you said come, that comes in at plus 100? Plus 101. Plus 101. Let's get that plus money. Okay, so let's talk about some a couple prelims that are worth mentioning. Um, we've got Women's signs here. Maria Agapova at 10 and 3, taking on Jillian Robertson at 10 and 7. Robertson is the favorite here at a minus 140. Agapova is coming in at a plus 120. Women's science would usually indicate that we should go with Agapova here. Um, but what do you think? Based on the last fight Agapova had with Marina Morose, where Marina just wrestled her to death. Um, but again, that was fixed. Because Marina's Ukrainian, and they were pushing the, the blue and yellow. This is the yeah. This is just conspiracy this is where, theories. This is, this is where we're at now. No, <laughs> this, is, this is where we're at now. Um, Agapova is very capable of getting the KO in the second and third round. She's got to be careful with Jillian in, in round one when they're dry, dry bodies type submissions. Jillian Robertson don't play no games. She'll snatch a heel. She'll snatch an arm. Um, seeing seeing Marina Morose have such great success against Agapova in that last fight, I would definitely, if you're Jillian Robertson, your plan has to be to get this chick to the ground and rip something off as fast as you can. If she can't do it in round one, Agapova, KO in rounds two and three um, are worth consideration. Not a lot of women carry the ability to finish fights. Both of these women do. So um, definitely looking at an inside the distance play here perhaps. And I mean, you got a women's underdog that can finish a fight. It's worth consideration. What do you think? Yeah, I, yeah, I can get behind your women's science here. Okay, I can. All right. What 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 I what I say that threw you off? You seem like I threw. You. No, 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 no. You're good. I'm 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 building my argument against your next women's science play. Aspen Ladd versus Sarah McMahon. Yeah, Sarah McMahon at thirteen and six, the Olympic silver medalist at plus money at plus one ten, taking on Aspen Ladd who can't make weight at nine and three, coming in at a minus one thirty. That fight, yeah, that fight. Aspen Ladd coming off completely reconstructive knee surgery. That fight. Listen, I said I'm trying to build my argument. Gotcha. Okay, All but right, it's well, just not. It's just not. It's not there. I don't have one. Right. Yeah. You take you take Sarah McMahon here because Aspen Ladd does everything okay and nothing good. Yeah. She's just sort of there. She takes a beating rather well. She comes in. She does the same. Unless she's fighting Jermaine Duran. I mean, uh, she didn't take that beating well. No, you just. Uh, she just does yeah. this little head thing. Oh. Yeah. That's it. That's all she does. Pumps the jab a little bit. Inside leg kick. Sarah McMahon. 
she's she's more well versed. Plus, she's a mom. She's got that mom strength. She's strong as shit. Olympic silver medal wrestler. I just, the credentials line up with Sarah McMahon, and you're getting her plus money. I don't I don't see why you don't try it. Yeah, and it's not like Aspen Lad can use. Um, I don't want to say brute strength, but she's no. stronger than the majority of the women in her weight class. She's a big woman. She can fight yeah, at 145 pounds. She's a big chick. She's a strong woman. Um, strong, and that's that's not going to play in her. You know, she against Sarah McMahon. That's she's at a disadvantage there. So that takes away probably her greatest strength. Um, so yeah, yeah, I can get behind Sarah McMahon here at plus money. Mm, I like that. I like that. Um, real quick, because it's just it's next on the card. I want to remind people that Trevin Giles is on the no bet list. So all of you that are looking at the Lewis Cosey uh, Giles play, Giles is on the no bet list and has been for a long time. I want to remind everybody of that. Stay away from from Mr. Giles, please. You will regret it. You will regret it. Even if he wins, he will find a way to screw you. Stay away, <laughs> Trevin Giles. Okay. I'm just I put him on the no bet list a long time ago and he's just he welcomes every new person onto it. All right. Featured prelim last one we're going to talk about tonight, Soup. Damon Jackson at 21 and 4, taking on Pat Sabatini at 17 and 3. Plus 160 for Damon Jackson, minus 190 for my man Pat Sabatini. I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. I don't necessarily know if Pat Sabatini likes fighting. He seems disinterested every time he fights. Like, did do you watch Pat Sabatini and go, that dude's having a good time? Yeah, like, okay. All like right, he right. he seems like he could just if they were like, Hey Pat, you never have to fight again, he'd be like, All right, that's cool, man. I didn't really like this anyway. Yeah. So win since he came into the UFC over Tristan Connolly, Jamal Embers, Tucker Lutz, and TJ Laramie. Damon Jackson on a little bit of a tear as of late. Uh, three wins in a row. Charles Rosas, Kamuela Kirk, and Daniel Argueta. Argueta came in last second, like legitimately last second, and was like two weight classes below. I think he fought at fights at 135 pounds. Took the fight at 170? 155? 155. Um, and literally, Damon Jackson couldn't get him out of there. Pat Sabatini, completely different beast. What would be – I think Pat Sabatini wins this fight, by the way. I think what, Pat Sabatini wins it. Inside the distance. Oh. Fuck him up. Fuck him up. He's fucking him up. All right. I, I like – I what's wait, what's the rounds on this? Is it one and a half? Two and a half. All right, all right. I was going to say just take the over one and a half because I do think that this – I think it goes to the decision. But I I just like Pat Sabatini. I like I think a minus 180, that's, that's, that's not too much juice to lay here on what I think um, he should be a bigger favorite. I mean, what, what minus one eighty? What the implied odds on that would probably be in like the sixty-five percentile. Mm-hmm. If you have these guys fight a hundred times, Pat Sabatini's winning more than sixty-five percent of the time. I agree. What would be because we got two Philly boys fighting on this with Pfeiffer and Sabatini? What would thereabouts Pfeiffer by knockout plus one hundred? Mm-hmm. And Sabatini to minus one eighty. What would we get on that if we parlayed those together? Yeah, so I can give you something here real quick. I like yeah. that. I like. I like that you're all over that, that parlay builder. Yeah, I think that that's the plus two eleven. Plus two eleven, baby. Come on. Oh no, baby. What is you doing, baby? That's it right there. That's the Philly special. So I, I my only concern with that is mm-hmm. if so, I know Piper's going to win by knockout. Mm-hmm. I like I know, but it's like. 
could we just take Pfeiffer and Sabatini to win at a my at a at a plus one hundred? Mm. <laughs> mm. Do you really want to chase the bag that much? Mm. Okay, well, looking at this card, where are our big money spots at? Like if you're gonna if you're, if you're gonna like, ch- like, like plus money odds. Well, no, just like where where are you making money on this card, right? So if you're looking at it for just holistically speaking, where am I looking to, to like regardless of return on investment, where am I looking at it, right? And I'll t- I just I'm telling you where I'm where my my head initially goes as far as where my spots are to make money. Zell Huber and Mata parlayed together. Parlay together, that's a plus yeah. one hundred. That's that's a great spot to make some money on. Absolutely. Right? Smaller plays on the women's underdogs, as always. Okay. And then Hernandez by sub isn't a high confidence, but it's a high probability. Um, Piper, perfecto. Yeah. Perfecto money line. Yeah. Uh, Joe Piper uh, okay. knockout. Yeah. And then the, like, those are my like high confidence. I feel like those are, you know, like we could, I could put a card, to, I could put a bet slip together with those five, six plays and enter it going feeling real damn confident. Well, yeah, because you're looking at all plus money odds. And if, I mean, you go three and three on those six plays, you're making, you're, you're turning a profit. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've obviously, we've discussed a lot of fights and there's a lot of, right. there's a lot of things that we've talked about as far as plays go. But if I'm going to sit down here and I'm looking at this card from top to bottom and go, where are my spots to expose a book? Those are my five spots. Those, those parlays, <laughs> the Piper knockout, the perfecto money line play, like that's that's what I think. That's where I think you. I think that's where you grab and go. Um, so, as far as chasing the bag goes, I think you could. I think you could. You could get a little. You could throw a little spice in your life there, right? You could flavor it up, put some seasoning on it with a seventeen okay. right. pfeiffer. All right. So here's one for you: the triple P parlay. You got Pat, you got Perfecto, and you got Pfeiffer by knockout. Bro, you know I love alliteration, so I'm in. You had me at triple P. I didn't even need to hear it. You didn't. I didn't even need to hear it. You had me at a liver, uh, at alliteration. So, uh, all right. So we're not calling it the. Or wait, are we doing two separate parlays oh, here? Yeah, because that's a Philly boy special. That's a Philly special, right? Oh, fuck, dude. I, I, I can't get behind anything called the Philly special. Come on, man. Come on, man. Here's the slip. Here, the people's main event. Chitty in the over, Rodriguez in the under. That's yeah. the people's main event. But the slip is this: Algio money line. Yes. Right. Then we're looking at Hernandez by sub, small. Yes. Pfeiffer knockout solo. Correct. Pfeiffer knockout Sabatini parlay. Okay. 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 Zell Huber Mata parlay. Okay. What's that? Five plays. Yeah. And then you could throw under four and a half violence bet on the main event. Yeah. Six plays. Wait, what about of, Sabatini? We, we want to take Sabatini money line? Or I didn't say the Sabatini Piper money line. Correct. I'm, or parlay, sorry. Okay, so seven plays. Those are your seven right there. My own, So this is my fear here. Okay, push it. Um, Overexposure? What? <clears throat> having Piper by KO in two different parlays. Is almost a guaranteed exposure. Yeah, you're right. You're I, right. Dude, I've seen it too many times. I agree. I've seen a, a, a good friend of mine 
have six parlays, six five-leggers on the NFL yeah. and having one common denominator and that being the only thing that takes nope. the L and costing everything. Yes, I've been on that end. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. Yeah. Uh, anytime I add the Falcons to a parlay, that's what happened. Juju. Yeah. Yeah. Ask Calvin Ridley about adding the Falcons to parlays. Oh, so that for him. Yeah. <laughs> Poor kid. Um, <laughs> Honestly, what a joke. Oh, Deshaun Watson rapes 25 women and he got 11 games. Yeah. Calvin Ridley bets fifteen hundred bucks on his own team when he's team. not even on the field. field. He misses the whole season. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. All right, so <clears throat> allegedly, allegedly, Watson raped twenty five women. Allegedly, uh, he just put the, he put himself in a position of power over yeah. women, and yeah. you can you can there, a lot of weird things happen in that regard. Anyway, um. <laughs> Okay, so where are we landing with Sabatini and Piper? We just want to do we just do we just want to do a parlay on it. I think Sabatini Piper money line to get it to plus one hundred because we're confident in Sabatini. We got Piper by knockout, but we're really confident that Piper wins the fight. Okay, so why not just take them parlayed at, at plus one hundred? So then if if Sa- if Piper doesn't win by KO and ruins the Algio parlay, as long as he wins, it still hits on the Sabatini parlay. So we're gonna do three parlays then. Gee, what's is that? What you're saying? Yeah, yeah. The Mata, the the Mata Zellhuber. Mata Zellhuber. That's parlay <laughs> number one. Yes. Sabatini Piper. Money parlay line. two. Correct. But that's money line. Correct. And then the swing for the fence is the triple P. Is going to be Algio Piper Sabatini. Correct. Okay. Piper by knockout. Oh, so we're we're juicing it up even more. Yeah, you want me to get the odds on that? Okay, point? yeah, yeah. Let's do, so we're doing Algio <laughs> money line, Sabatini money line, <laughs> yeah. and Piper by KO. Piper by KO. So that's the juicy one. That's okay. going to be plus four seventy five, plus forty five. <clears throat> Hang on, let me see here. Um, <clears throat> give me the odds on them. I'm just gonna because I. It's hard to find the line. I'm just going to do a parlay calculator here. Uh, Algeo is at minus 100. Okay. Sabatini minus 180. Okay. And then I believe the Pfeiffer KO was what? Plus, hold on a second. Because we were we, you were weirded out that it was plus money. Pfeiffer by KO plus 100 as well. Okay. Plus. That's just not going to be that high then. Uh, it'll be high enough. It'll be high enough, yeah. Okay. So that'll be odds on that. It's actually plus 520. 520? Well, I said 485, so it's even higher. All right. Plus Lock it in. Lock it in. Triple P's. We're not we're not gonna call the we're not gonna call it the Philly special, or we are gonna call it the Philly special. Well, no, you got the tree got it's gotta be the triple P because you're throwing you're throwing Well, Perfecto's not from Philly. He's from um I think he's from like Milwaukee or something, isn't he? Okay. Yeah. Now I gotta look because you're making me doubt my, yeah, my geography here. Algio. No, he's out of PA too. Oh my gosh, bro. Just call it the Pennsylvania parlay. The the PA parlay? Yeah. Okay. All, All right. right. There you go. All right. So let's can we can I just can we iron this out one yeah, more time? Go ahead. Uh, and I'm gonna write them down. Right, write it down so that way we can put it on okay. the slip. All right. Mata and Zellhuber parlay. Correct? Correct. Okay. Sabatini money line. Pfeiffer money line parlay. Correct. Okay. And then another parlay 
that is Sabatini, Pfeiffer, and Algio. Correct. Correct. So that's that's three plays right there. And that that Pfeiffer is by KO and that and the and the right. good one. Okay. Correct. Okay. Correct. Oh, this getting... Okay. And that's okay. plus five twenty. Okay. So right. there's your, I got the there's the three parlays. There's the three right there. Okay. Now we also just like Aljo Algio money line. Yeah. Okay. At plus one hundred. At plus one hundred, correct. Correct. All right, and then, I mean, we got the people's main event, but there's no point in putting that on the slip, right? Um, how about? I mean, you want to take the Zell Zell Huber free money money line, or is what's, that I mean, this is just it? all super exposure here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just do the Zell Huber model by itself, okay? Because it's minus two hundred odds or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and then the under four and a half yes. in the main event. Yeah. And McMahon. Yep. At plus what? 110. 110. Yep. And then what was the other woman's underdog you liked? Agapova at plus Agapova. 120. And then plus Anthony Hernandez by sub at plus 300. And Puffy. Fluffy. At plus 300. Yep. Puffy. I said Puffy. You said Puffy. <laughs> I got pee, peas on the mind. Peas on the mind. Yeah. All right. And that's it. So that's the slip. That's it. Normally, you guys don't get that. Normally, you got to wait until Saturday eight, to see the slip. Four, but there's the five, slip. Six, so it's eight. It's eight plays. Eight plays. One, two, three. What was the the odds on the under four and a half? I think it was plus. It was plus money. Plus one forty. Hold on a second. Let me look. Uh, let me see here. Where did that go? San again. Under four and a half, plus one forty. Plus one forty. All right. So I'm going to say it now. Um, I like all these. I do too, and I hate that I like them all so much. I hate it. And we have I hate the, the only common leg in those two parlays is Pat Sabatini, and if he fucks it, I'm going to be real mad. No bet list forever. No bet list. You're you're permanently no bet, Pat. So that is eight plays, all being plus money plays. You Let's go four it. and four on those. You're turning a profit on the night. Let's go. You can go three and five on them if you hit the plus three hundred and the or the plus five twenty. You're yeah, you're golden. You're smacking. Yeah. Go two and six. Hit the plus five twenty and plus three hundred. You're probably the only the only two that matter. Easy, easy success. We're setting ourselves up for success here. We have literally cheated. We're cheating Vegas. It's free yeah. money at this point. Oh, boy. We, we, we crack the code, the Da Vinci code. It's been That's cracked. Right. That's you right. guys call, are, you guys are so Hanks. lucky. This is you. You've been waiting for your opportunity. You've been sowing seeds of faith. The Lord has blessed you with free money. This is mm-hmm. it right here. Eight free plays. This is this is where this is where we this is where we come back. And if you're looking for more free money tomorrow night at 8:30 Eastern Standard Time on Give Me the Points podcast live on mm-hmm. YouTube, mm-hmm. week two of the NFL. There you go. I like that. It's a good plug. All right, guys. Uh, appreciate everybody that tuned in the show. Everybody that bought a shirt this week, um, thank you so much. Everybody that that bought some swag, I appreciate that a great deal. Um, the link in my Instagram bio will take you to the store. We have all that stuff, uh, all the shirts and stuff there, and then all the designs are available as decals as well. And if you haven't been there yet, I just want to say this out loud real quick. 
I don't can't remember if I said it last show or not. Um, the the microphone logo, there's a decal for it. I have it at cost. Um, so you're essentially the only thing you're paying on it is what it costs for them to make the sticker for you and send it, right? That's what you're paying on it. If you take that, if you buy one of the stickers and stick it up somewhere, take a picture of it, tag me in on Instagram, whatever, I will create for you your own 15% off discount code that you can use in the store. It'll be yours and yours alone to use for time and memoriam. So any design that I come out with between now and then, um, that will be your code and it'll save you that 15% all the time. Like it's not a one-time deal. Uh, it's yours in the same way that like your, you know, influencer codes and all that shit are a thing. It's, it's yours. So if soup bought one, it would be soup 15 and that's his way to get 15% off everything in the store for time and memoriam. Um, so just pick up one of those OG decals and then stick it up somewhere. Take a picture of it. Even if it's on the back of your MacBook, I don't care where it's at. I just, the only stipulation I said last week was just don't stick it to your butthole and send me a picture of it at which, oh, which here's the thing. Here's the thing. I said that and literally my phone blows up and goes, why can't I stick it to my butthole? Like, do why, it. why can't I? Put it? And I was like, dude, oh man. So anyway, it'd be, it'd a- be a real shame if people just started sending Dale butthole pics. I don't recommend dude, it. When we, when I, when I used to tell people not like that Trey liked feet, bro, the feet. Pictures, oh, I remember the feet. Oh pics my gosh, man. Gross. Dude, we got so, I mean, some of you guys, I don't even know how you're walking around right now. <laughs> I mean, beneath your shoes lie monsters, literal monsters, fucking toenails that could cut through sheets. I don't understand how you guys, that, how you live your life like that. How you, I mean, there, do you see the one where the person's feet look like hands? They oh, have literally less, like their big toe was shorter than the rest of their toe. And it was like gripped in. Like you could climb stuff with those things, man. That was and brutal. this is coming from a guy that has pretty gross feet i mean your your yeah. one toe drags you across the floor yeah 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 i got I, yeah my feet are mad i have, I have <laughs> awful feet i've got awful feet my dude literally every toe that i have has been broken before i've got that i've my my big my what would be like my middle finger toe is is exactly that that's like my velociraptor claw man i could mm. i could crack an egg with that thing um there's probably some sort of medical condition for that isn't there yeah probably is it maffins oh dude i don't know come on you're 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 a merce i know and i and i work with podiatrists <laughs> but i have no idea dude you should find out find out I what will. it is i i think it's madsen it's madsen or maffin something with an m now we so, have a, we have a good friend who has awful feet oh yeah oh yeah feet um, real bad i don't oh. want to throw his name out there who, who are you talking about bob oh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for those of you that listened to the show last year, I had I had Bob for half a year. Fuck him, he don't listen to my show anyway. His feet are disgusting. Dude, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. He's six seven, like three fifty. Dude, he's a big dude. His feet, his feet are bad. I actually showed a picture of his foot to the podiatrist at work, and he was like, he's like, yeah, dude, I'd rip all those toenails off. Yeah, he's like, those things just need gone. Bob's feet looks like when they find a body in the lake that's been there for like a week, and then they. That's what his feet look like. His feet look like like they're attached to a drowning victim. That's what his feet look like. Those are they're awful. They're real no circulation. I don't understand how he walks on them. Yeah, and the nails are all like you can like see the lines in them, and they're all yeah, dude. They're, <laughs> they're real rough. They're all curled in like ram's horns. 
gosh. It, his nails look like if you left a piece of like craft singles cheese out in the sun. Oh yeah, yeah. His nails are the color of government cheese left on a on a concrete sidewalk. You're absolutely right. They are absolutely foul. Oh my gosh. And then that's not even counting talking about gross feet for a second. My dad's my dad's feet because my dad was in Vietnam. He had jungle rot. So like mm. his his toes legitimately have grown in a in a solid square shape like his toenails have grown in a solid square shape since the 70s and they're dark like the color of this shirt green that's disgusting yeah yeah and then like he'll come he'll come visit and then like take his shoes off and walk around my house and i'm like my man you're scratching up my wood floors like you're scratch <laughs> like like i'm like is that the dog walking down the hall no it's my dad just When we left Georgia with Bob, he decided to wear slides like like oh yeah, yeah. no socks on in the airport. I I wouldn't walk beside him. I was like, dude, I yeah. can't be seen with this. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised. <laughs> T- I'm surprised TSA let him on a plane. <laughs> like, sir, you know box cutters haven't been allowed on here since nine eleven. <laughs> oh, Bob just start waving that foot around. Everybody, get down. <laughs> His feet are foul. Oh, anyway. Okay. So appreciate everybody that tuned in. Best way to support the show is by checking out the sponsors. You guys know that already. Uh, feel free to do so. Tune in to Soup Show live tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern on YouTube. Give me the points podcast where they'll go over um, all the yeah. NFL and week two NFL and call and some college. Yeah, gonna- we're going to have some top 25 matchups this week. We took last week off. Um, okay. That's why I remember. I was yeah. trying to remember whether or not you decided you were going to try to do both. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. We wanted the colleges. College is too goofy. You got to let the first couple of weeks play out. Yep. And then, so you're on this week, next week. Um, we've got, you're back on next week as well. Yeah. In addition to that, we've got the owner and founder of the hammer network, Rob Pozzola, who's a professional sports better. Uh, he's going to come on and help, uh, I mean, I guess we're just going to kind of measure ourselves against him and see if we know whether or not we know what the hell we're talking about. What what qualifies before he gets here? What's what quantifies a professional sports better? What did he just makes enough money to do it professionally? Yeah, I I mean, if listen, I don't know the guy. I don't you know, I don't want to call him out, but I feel like there's a lot of self-proclaimed professional sports betters out there. Um, Hold on a second before you get before you walk further down this hall. you you know from you and I doing a show together, and then you, you show, there's there's a endless laundry list of people that say my winning percentage is this. I yeah. do that. I'm, <clears throat> I'm I'm you know whatever. I'm I'm capable of this, that, and the other, and, I, and I'm whatever. So a lot of people think, oh man, I'm sharp as shit. I know this, that, and the other. okay, perfect. His people reached out to me about having him come on the show, and before I even responded to it, I took the time to actually go back into it because what I don't, what I did not want to happen. And I, I believe you listen to the show when, when, uh, when Trey and I had Dave Mason from bed online, come on yeah. the show and Dave fed us the, the lot, the, the plot of a Ben Affleck movie as if we had never seen the movie before. And then Trey called him out on his bullshit on the show. And then, and then immediately thereafter we lost our sponsorship with bed online. I did not want that to happen this time. So for all intents and purposes, as far as I can tell, Rob is legit. Um, right. So anyway, go ahead. Well, I mean, there's, 
there's guys that put out content, mm-hmm. you and I, mm-hmm. um, and build a following and share their their sports knowledge and their opinion on things. Mm-hmm. Then there's professional sports bettors who are respected by Vegas that can move lines. Mm, okay. These are the guys that come in and <clears throat> um, trying to think of a line that moved a lot last week, for example, uh, Carolina and the Browns. Uh, the Sharps got hit because Carolina opened up as a dog. The professional bettors bet Carolina, which then actually moved Carolina to close as a one and a half point favorite. In my mind, a professional sports better is somebody that Vegas adjusts their lines to these people's bets. Hmm. You know what I mean? Is that based more so on the amount of money that they bring in personally or their ability, like their sway, their, their reputation, influence? Okay. Yeah, their so, reputation, their their track record. Right. Yeah, And okay. then that's, that's what I consider. Now, I guess anybody who bets sports for a living that can be considered their profession. That's how they make a living. Right. Yeah. By default. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he's got to say. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to talk some NFL with him. I'm, I'm interested to see what, where his head's at. Yeah. Um, and I know that you want to pick his brain as far as MMA to see what with the hammer network you said. Yeah. I believe it's hammer to network. see what the hammer network has as far as an MMA standpoint. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It'll be interesting. It's, it's it's a different point of view. Well, I always I always enjoy a conversation where I get to talk to somebody that knows <clears throat> as much or more than me, right? Like nobody like any, likes anytime to... you talk to me. Sure. Any I don't I don't I don't want to talk to anybody that's dumber than me for a no. prolonged period of time. That's why we kept this to an hour and 30 minutes. So <laughs> it'll be it'll be interesting to see, you know, <clears throat> and then I, I, it'll be a live show by the way. So those of you that are listening or watching this will be a live stream next week um so there's no ufc event next week but it's going to be an opportunity for you as a gambler as a better if you have questions about anything from the way books work to processes to lines to anything this is your opportunity to come in and there's a lot of people like you said that create content but here's a good opportunity at least on paper of, of a guy who does this professionally that's been on you know espn and the canadian sports network and everything that a myriad of times he's coming on um and we're just going to chop it up for a little bit drink some beer have a good time so uh, i encourage everybody to just block out some time next tuesday at nine it's going to be a nine o'clock start not a nine thirty a nine o'clock start next tuesday the three of us me you and rob pozzola we're gonna get on here and, and we're gonna chop it up and just talk gambling and uh maybe trade some war stories and strategies and all that kind of stuff yeah okay and then the week after that um week of the 27th for the Dern versus yawn card i've got adam from ac radios coming on and then the week after that um which will be i'm gonna pre-record because that weekend there isn't an event but the weekend um, that I'm coming up there to see you mm-hmm. got the Grosso versus Arizal mm. card, which is not fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to pre-record that episode so that way when I'm up there with you, you and I have a uh, we can do like an in-person uh, episode if we want to. But I'm going to pre-record that card episode with the boys from the Pound the Lines podcast. Um, two brothers, um, you know that that are really sharp guys. Uh, they're coming on on the October 4th 
and we'll be breaking down the Arizal Grosso card. So, what sucks? Girl. I mean, not that it no, not that it sucks that you're coming up, um, mm-hmm. but the fact that you're not coming up over the twenty second. That that yeah, that I know. Is incredible. I yeah. mean, just it, it, the Sean Brady fight is that the featured prelim? It's not even on the main so. card. Yeah, it's yeah, it's wild. Oh, dude, wild. that that card's loaded top to yeah. bottom. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> it's the only time we could really make it work. Yeah. And I also, having not driven in the snow for like 10 years, have no mm-hmm. desire to come visit Pennsylvania when there's a chance that there's going to be snow on the ground. So <laughs> not doing that. Um, so, yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and wrap a bow on this thing. And I uh, appreciate everybody that continues to tune into the show and support us where you can. Be sure to follow everybody where, you know, at Punchless MMA, at Give Me The Points Pod, or just at Give Me The Points. On social media. Yeah, what are you guys? You're it's yeah. at give me the points pod. Oh boy, now you're making me think. I think it's give <clears> me the <throat> pod. I mean, it's your show. I know. It's just give me. It's just give me the points. Give me the points. G I M M E. G I M M E. All right. Appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you later. See you. Raiders. Raiders still suck.